What's up, guys? This is Rich Tabishan, host of The Rich Life, the key to living your best life. What is up, guys? This is Rich Tabishan here. I want to thank you for joining me today on this episode. We are actually going to be talking about the finance or the uh, wealth building part of the Rich Life Core Values. And in particular, what we're going to be talking about is a, so there, there are all these, you know, financial, I'll call them quote gurus, financial education gurus um, that are out there. And what I like to do is, you know, um, kind of learn a little bit of everything from those guys, like take, like kind of take in a little bit. So there's like Dave Ramsey, there's Susie Orman, there's uh, Robert Kiyosaki, there's probably dozens of them. I think even Tony Robbins has, yeah, Tony Robbins has a book on finance and money as well. What I want to talk about today is actually something that um, my interpretation of Dave Ramsey's baby steps, okay? If you're, if you're uh, completely new to, you know, personal finance and financial management, then my suggestion to you is to start with the Dave Ramsey uh, seven baby steps. Okay, and the reason from personal experience, this is what I started with, and um, I didn't I didn't actually buy any of his programs or anything like that. I just Googled um, Dave Ramsey baby steps, financial baby steps, and I found this information. Um, you could also kind of you could also if you want to you could buy some of his books you know it's completely optional but um i i just kind of went into really deep into personal finance i even wound up buying i'm actually looking at my library right now i wound up buying uh personal finance for dummies there's a really great book um called like teenage i forget what it's called exactly but it's like finance for teenagers it's like a it looks like a kid's book but on in on the surface it looks pretty good right and um when you when you look at the front page you, you look at it and you're like oh well this may be for for kids and then you realize the content actually applies to adults <laughs> as well so um i forgot exactly where is it here um anyway but I'll, I'll put a link in the uh in the description for you guys to check it out but anyway so there there are all these money books that are out there right and in fact i wrote a site about it um all these different books that i would suggest looking into you know, if you're first starting on your journey, or even if you're not, like, even if you're, you know, um, even if you're, you know, financially fine, it's good to have these financial muscles in place. Because if you don't, then once you get the money, right, then you won't know what to do with it after that. So, um, you know, for example, like the basic of if you if you've listened to my previous episodes, the basics of talking about, you know, um, saving and paying yourself first. So once you get paid, with let's say you're let's say you're working a uh, full-time job you know as an employee and you receive your paycheck once you get your paycheck the first thing you need to do is pay yourself so figure out what percentage makes sense for you right whether it's 10% of your paycheck putting it aside and saving it um, for your savings and then take 10% another 10% and put it aside for building wealth for investments right so that's what I've talked about in my previous episodes but what I want to talk about today is specifically the Dave Ramsey seven baby steps. Okay. And I want to talk about which ones I agree with and which ones I don't agree with. First, let me explain what they are. Number one, step one, save a thousand dollars. 
if you don't have a thousand dollars, then you're fucked. <laughs> like, let's be honest. You need at least a thousand dollars in savings um, to have something, whether it's for your rent, whether it's for your, you know, food, whatever it is. Step number two, pay off debt. Okay, I, I agree with step number one. I agree with step number two, pay off your debt. Now, there's such thing as good debt and bad debt, and we'll talk about that in a second. Step number three, have a three to six month fund. Okay, so figure out, in order to do that, you need to know what your expenses are, right? So what are your expenses in three months? What are your expenses for six months? In my opinion... It's better to have a one-year fund rather than a three to six-month fund as an emergency. So this is like an emergency backup fund. Okay, so figure out what all of your expenses are for one year instead of three to six months. So I kind of agree with him to an extent, right? So um, here, but the point is that make sure you have at least one year instead of three to six months. Now, I know it's going to take a while for you to get that. It could take a year for you to get that, right? But when you build your financial muscles to save and take and pay yourself first like all of these books like the richest man in babylon the millionaire next door all of these books they talk about saving for yourself first don't pay your bills take a small percentage of what you know of that money now if you can't afford your bills you need to figure that out too take a smaller percentage less than 10 percent. number four invest step number four invest step number five college so like the guy college for your kids Step number six, pay off your house. And step number seven, give. So here's the thing. I don't like the fact that he has this in this like sequential order because I, I get it. People need structure and all that. I would agree to up to step number four. Okay. So um, what I would do is this. Obviously, you need $1,000 minimum to save, right? So make sure you do step number one, save $1,000. Step number two, pay off all debt. There's good debt and bad debt. To me, good debt is leverage on real estate, okay? So you don't have to pay your house off right away. But what you should be doing is paying off high debt, high interest debt, like credit cards, right? If you have a, if you have a credit card balance right now, focus on getting rid of that. And then, and break it down into small chunks. Okay. So in other words, like if you have, let's say you have $10,000, let's just say, for example, let's say you have $10,000 in credit card that you have to pay back. It's a little overwhelming to pay that all at once. Right? So what you need to do is first pay yourself when you get your paycheck and then take a percentage of that and pay your monthly bill for your credit card. If it's a min, if there's a minimum amount so just a quick backstory. I remember when I had a lot of credit card debt, okay? And it sucked, right? It really is really hard. Um, but you have to be very objective about it and take the emotion out of it. You have to look at it in numeric values and say, okay, how much is my monthly payment? Can I afford that every month? If you can't afford that every month, then you need to get a new job that you can afford, every, that, you can afford that payment in addition to your actual living expenses, Okay, that's step number one. If you can't, if you can't afford that, then think about how can I increase the payment, or double the payment, ideally, or triple the payment if you can do it, to pay off that high interest faster. Because it's kind of like a catch-up game. Like the if you just pay your min, your minimum monthly payment, it's going to take you forever to pay off that debt in total, right? However, if you double it, you pay it off faster and you pay less in interest over time because credit cards, they, you, you're paying a lot of money. You're paying like 20% sometimes in, um, 
in uh, interest payments with credit cards. So pay it, pay those things off fast. Now, if you have a lot of different, you know, credit cards that you owe on, okay, then that's a problem too, right? There, I know there are these like consolidation things. I don't don't worry about the consolidation. Worry about doing this. I I believe Dave Ramsey calls it the snowball effect. This is what I did, and psychologically, it makes sense. Okay, now I know people will say like, oh, I I'd rather pay the high interest, um, higher interest first, but don't do that. Do the psychological thing first because it'll help you build your financial muscles. Okay. I mean, there are obviously two different strategies. You can either pay your high interest first or you can pay your smallest amount first. Either one works. Just pick one and go with it. Okay, so here's what I mean. If you go with the high interest route first, that's okay, right? That's fine. That like numeric, like numbers wise, it makes sense to do that, right? If I have a, let's say I have a $10,000 credit card at 20% interest and then I have a $5,000 credit card at 10% interest, Logically, it would make more sense to pay off the high interest first. But the problem is that psychologically, the uh, the amount of that credit card is higher, okay? Um, and so it feels harder to chip away at, okay? So here's what I would do. For all of the, like let's say you have five different credit cards you have to pay off. No matter what, and this is the strategy that I recommend because psychologically it works. And this is what worked for me. What I would do is this. Out of the five credit cards that you have, the balance is for focus on the one that's smaller the smallest one so let's say you have 10k 5k 2k 1k 500 if you have a 500 chip that away first get rid of that first boom pay it off okay take the time to focus on that one first in addition to the other minimum payments so pay the minimum payments on the others and then chip away at the smallest one first why this works i don't know but in my mind what happened to me was when i had debt like this um your your mind actually shifts and you're like oh cool i got rid of that let's move on to the next one right and then you do the same thing to the 1000 for example chip chip away at that that gets paid off and you're like oh my gosh like it just feels like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders right then do that do the snowball right as you as you pay these things off you're going to feel like you're building towards something rather than trying to pay off the high interest debt and then allowing the $500 to increase in value. I hope that makes sense. So um, anyway, so step number three. I'm sorry, step number two, pay off all debt. Now, this also includes car payments, guys. Okay, so you need to objectively write down all of your debt. You need to figure out what credit cards do I owe? How much do I owe? What is my minimum payment? How, you know, how much do I owe on my car? Or if you have more than one car, how much do I owe my cars? As soon as you pay off all these things, guys, it's going to feel amazing. But you need to create a strategy to chip away at each one of these things. You're not going to pay them all at once. You're going to pay them all individually off and then eventually get rid of all of them. Okay? I know this is going to be hard, but you have to build that financial muscle. Okay, step number three, three to six months of expenses. Once you've paid off those debts, then you can say, okay, I... Need to put away three to six months of expenses. I'm sorry, three, yeah, of, uh, of like your living expenses. So if you haven't done this already and figured out what you're spending every single month, then that's a problem because then you don't know how much you need to survive for three to six months. Okay. The easiest way to do this is what I did. I downloaded an app called Mint. It's free, right? 
Now, I know it's a little scary because like, okay, they have your information, they have your bank account, they have your transactions, your balances, blah, blah, blah. A little scary, but if you want to take the leap for, you know, to take that, to get that information available to you, then do it. If you don't feel comfortable downloading an app like that, the other thing to do is to create a spreadsheet, which is also what I did. I did both, actually. I downloaded the app to track my expenses, and then I also created a spreadsheet. And I said to myself, every single month, I'm going to look at how much I spend. And um, it's simply, you know, you export what you, every single bank does this. You do you go to your um, expense report or you go to your bank account, log in, and you do an export. Basically, it's a report every single that you can create for every single month with your bank. Every bank should allow you to do this. My banks did this. If you export the transactions for that month and you look very objectively at every single line item, focusing on the high ticket items first and saying, okay, where am I spending my money? Right? Am I spending it on food? Am I spending it on Amazon? Am I spending it on going out too much? Am I spending it on drinks, on alcohol, on this, on that? You need to look objectively at what you're spending and then figure out what you can cut. Am I spending too much on my beauty products? Am I spending too much on going out to eat? Am I spending too much on gas? Am I spending too much on whatever? Figure out what it is and see where you can cut it. Is my phone bill too high? How do I, can I call them up and negotiate a better price, right? Is my cable bill too high? Can I call and negotiate a better price? Is my electric bill too high? Am I using too much electric in the home, right? If you own your home. If you don't own a home and, you're, and you have a, an apartment, it's even easier. You probably don't pay electric, right? You probably only pay for your apartment rent, and that's it. So you have to be objective and look at the numbers and figure out where you can reduce or cut your cost completely. That gym payment or that gym bill that you're paying every single month, are you going? If you're not, then get rid of it, <laughs> okay? Is your gym payment too high? Are there other options available to you? Cut it, right? You need to look at the numbers. The num- it's a little, you know, and if you want to find, if you need somebody to help you, then, then find somebody that can help you, right? But I believe that you can do it on your own because it's just basic math. If you know basic math, algebra, if you know how to add and subtract, then that's it. That's all you need to know. It's easy math, guys. It's not complicated. It, debits and credits, that's all it is. It's, it's pluses and minuses, right? I'm spending this much. I can cut it in half call them up and negotiate, right? So there are different ways to attack this. The point is to reduce your overall expenses so that you're at a point where you're living comfortably, right? To the point where you, you know, you're, I mean, obviously there are things that you can spend money on that you enjoy. And actually there's a book, um, I was just looking at it here actually, what is it called? It's called, I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Now, I don't agree with everything he talks about in his book, but the one thing I do agree with is this. He says, figure out what your dials are, your rich dials, okay? And um, I've been going on for 15 minutes now, but I'll continue. He talks about your rich dials. What are your rich dials? Those are things that you like and enjoy and make you happy that to spend money on, okay? Now, my my take on it is this. Um, what are things that you like to spend money on that are not extra, like too extravagant? Like, obviously there's this concept of like, I don't know if you guys have ever watched, um, (laughs) parks and rec, but 
the uh, the two characters in there, they talk about this concept of treat yourself, right? Spa days and all this stuff, um, which is pretty funny. And that's what that is, really. It's like, what are your treat yourself activities and things that you enjoy to do? Okay. I know what mine are. Okay. And um, you need to figure out what those are for you. Now, with, with a smart way to do it, right? You don't want to spend like, you know, thousands of dollars every single month on just like frivolous, stupid things. Um, unless you, unless you can afford it, right? It depends on your, your expenses. So, or it depends on your income streams, right? But anyway, figure out what those dials are. It could be travel. It could be food. It could be coffee. It could be, you know, um, whatever it is, could be a spa, could be, um, you know, massages. It can be this, it can be that figure out what that is for you and put aside money, (coughs) excuse me, put aside money every single month for that. If you need to create a fund just for that, remember, pay yourself first, take a small percentage of your income and put it towards that. Okay. But within reason, you need to be smart about it. Don't go overboard. Right. And I I know this is a very vague thing to talk about, but you you need to look at the numbers and say, okay, well, I'm spending a thousand dollars a month on this. Do I really need this? Like, yeah, it makes me happy, but how can I reduce it? Is there another place I can go to reduce it? Can I um, do it myself? Can I do, you know, can I buy the ingredients or cook it myself? Or can I, um, you know, do my own spa day at home in a creative way? So be creative about it. Figure out ways to do it DIY, right? Do it that way. Um, Anyway, so that's important, right? You have to have a, you have to have months of expenses based on how you're spending your money. You need to know that. And actually the combination of the app for Mint and my own spreadsheet, I would look every single time I would get my paycheck, I would look at my spreadsheet and I would say, okay, what's left? What's remaining? How can I slowly chip away at this? And then in my mind, I would create these like goals and I'll write them down and I would say, okay, chip away at this loan, chip away at that loan, chip away at this credit card, chip away at this, you know, auto. And if you have student loans, that's tough too right? Student loans can be expensive and can be pretty high, but you need to be objective and put the number. And I've said, I've said this a million times is objective, right? The reason why I'm saying this is you have to get the emotion out of it, right? People will say, I love this and I love that. And that's great. Put it as your rich, put it as your dials, right? But, um, you also need to be smart about it if you want to, um, be financially independent, right? Okay, so step, uh, baby step three, save three to six months of expenses. I talked a lot about that one, okay? And then step number four is invest 15% of your household income uh, in retirement. That's actually, yeah, so investing. So that's another, that's another thing. Once, you've have your, once you have enough money to save for at least three to six months, ideally a year, then you can invest your money into something like a business, can be an idea that you have it can be um you know you know whatever strategy you want now their investments are huge like there are so many different options for investments there are stocks there are bonds there are 401ks there are you know um real estate okay figure out what you enjoy to look at okay there's not like so when you look at millionaires right and you i've studied a lot of millionaires and billionaires their their information right and what they spend money on and invest in most of them have a combination of stocks bonds and real estate and businesses they always have multiple income streams okay at least 
three income streams, minimum of three income streams. Okay, so figure out what you want to invest in. It could be something that you're passionate about, that's something that you're gifted at or creative at, and you want to you want to do that and and make money at it. Invest that money that you've been saving every single month towards that investment fund, and use that money to buy equipment or to um, invest in hiring people for your for your idea or um, whatever it is, right? Or buy stocks or buy bonds or um, learn about these things, educate yourself on what they are, or invest in real estate for rental property income, right? So um, can be single family, can be multifamily, commercial, whatever makes sense and whatever you want to learn about, go for it, okay? So that's number, number four. Number five, um, this step is a little interesting. So you obviously have to have children to save for their children. I personally don't have children, um, but it's the step number five says save for your children's college fund. Uh, it's up to you, right? If you want to do that, um, obviously it will benefit your, your, your child if they have money for college to pay, already paid for. Um, but obviously not everybody has that luxury growing up. Okay. Um, I was lucky enough to have some of my college paid for. Okay. Now, obviously this is, this is, this is parenting, right? So parenting is up to you (laughs) if you have children, I'm not advocating for this. See, this is why I don't like this step because Dave Ramsey kind of goes into parenting mode, right? And it's like, well, you decide how you want to parent your children. I'm not going to tell you how to do that. And he's kind of pushing it on you to say, like, pay for your children's college. Not everybody wants to do that, right? Um, Some people do. Some people want to help their children. Obviously, they want to be able to um, provide for their child and, and, you know, when they go to college. But it's up to you to do that. So, um I want to, again, take the emotion out of it and say, this particular step is completely up to you how you want to do it. If you want to pay for your children's college, go for it. If you don't, let them do it and save money for it, okay? They may not want to go to college, right? So figure out, have that conversation with them as they get older and, and, you know, that's how that goes. I'm not going to tell you how to parent your children. So I kind of disagree with that step because it shouldn't be part of your financial education unless you, you know, unless you want to do that for your children. So figure that out with your, with your spouse or your significant other, um, et cetera. Number six, pay off your home early. So this is a kind of an interesting one. Um, now it's, it differ. it depends on your situation. Like if you are using money to leverage for other investments, could be real estate, right? And you own your home, um, you know, and you still have, and you've built equity, but you haven't paid it off yet from the, from the mortgage, you know, from the lender. My suggestion is don't pay it off early. Use that money instead of paying it off your home early, use that money and leverage another piece of property that will generate cash flow. Okay. Because that cash flow will pay off your original home. you right. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So, um, that's what I would suggest. And I know that because of personal experience. Okay. So, um, instead of trying to pay off that low percent interest rate on your lend on your current mortgage, why not take that money instead that you have saved up for investments and buy something else that will cash flow and will eventually over time, ideally appreciate in real estate. And then what, by the time you're in your retire, I'll quote, quote unquote, retirement age, then, you, you know, obviously this makes more sense in your 30s and, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, and even 50s. But once you, once that home has been, um, you know, cash flowing over time and appreciating, 
then you can either sell it or continue to use that cash flow to pay off the mortgage, right? So um, it's it's the thing about this step is it's very vague. It's not doesn't explain it, right? When you Google it, so there are obviously different strategies here. This is the one that I recommend: is to not necessarily pay your home off early right away, but to leverage that money that you're saving and buy and le and leverage is the key word there is you're using other people's money, aka the lender, to generate cash flow because of that money that you saved up. So this is a little more more advanced for personal finance, but if you guys have any questions at all about this, especially with real estate, please reach out to me at Rich Sells CHS on Instagram, Rich Sells Charleston or Rich Sells CHS, and I can certainly give you um, some more info on how to invest in real estate and and kind of my journey as well. And then step number seven, build wealth and give. So wealth, you know, is kind of similar to, you know, buying businesses and, you know, buying stocks and bonds in real estate. I would suggest not to wait to do that. I would suggest getting your education on how to do that early on, right? And also, why is step number seven to give? If you're not giving at step number one, then you're you're not going to build your, um, you know, you're not going to build your um, muscles around it because giving, I think, no matter how, let's you know, if you're really, you know, I'll just say poor. Let's just say you're poor. And you're not giving to some extent, right? You're like your time is free. You don't have to give money if you're poor. You can give your time. And, and um, you know, this is more about like ethics and your value system. But, you know, if you're not volunteering your time, no matter what um, class of income you are, then you're not going to give your time when you're really wealthy, right? So it's about building and learning how to, you know, to volunteer and give back to your community. If you don't have a value of giving back to your community or have a goal to give back to your community, if you're wealthy, you're not going to do it anyway. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I don't know why this is step number seven. I think you should be giving at every single one of these steps, whether it's your time or a, or a um, monetary donation as well. Okay. So figure out which, figure out which organizations or nonprofits you are passionate about and give a give a dollar, give ten dollars, give a hundred dollars, give a thousand dollars, give ten thousand dollars. Right? Figure out what monetary value makes sense for you and your percentage of your income. Um, but if you're not like giving to those organizations now, when you're not wealthy, then you won't do it when you are wealthy. So each one of these steps, in my opinion, should be should have a should have a like small percentage of giving, whether it's your time or your money. So that's more of like community and charity. So anyway, these are my kind of breakdown of the um, Dave Ramsey's baby steps. And I kind of talked a little bit about some of the books as well. And I'll try to include some of those uh, links in there as well uh, to those books so that you can check them out on Amazon or wherever. So anyway, thank you guys for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed that kind of breakdown of the, uh, of the financial baby steps. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Rich Life. Please remember to subscribe, share with a friend, leave a review, and reach out to me on Instagram at Yo Richie Rich or at Rich Sells CHS.